Hello everyone and welcome to The Stagey Place, the podcast where I, Elliot, get to chat with those who work behind the scenes in theatre, from writers to directors, producers to stage managers. And in today's episode, I'm delighted to be bringing you my interview with the co-founder of Tour Productions and the director of Canterville Ghost, going to the Southwark Playhouse from the 11th of October to the 5th of November, Olivia Jacobs. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with Olivia a couple of weeks ago about the project as she was in the midst of rehearsals. So I'm very excited for you to listen to this interview. So without any further ado, here is episode 59 of The Stagey Place with Olivia Jacobs. Hello, Olivia, and welcome to The Stagey Place. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Very good. It's a pleasure to have you on today, Olivia, as you are the co-founder of Tour Stories, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year with the UK tour of the Canterville Ghost, which, Olivia, you are directing. The tour starts in Leeds later this September before heading off around the UK. You're currently in the midst of rehearsals and I've caught you in your lunch hour. How is it all going so far? Yeah, it's going very well. It is a very busy show. It's very hectic and certainly I found that no two days are the same. Day one we might be looking at illusions and magic and how we can make somebody's head fall off convincingly. Then we might be looking at harmonies or choreography and I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by a very talented cast. So we're working quickly and yeah I'm surprised that their brains aren't all completely fried at the end of every day but they come in with renewed enthusiasm every morning which I'm very grateful for. You start the tour off in Leeds. How is preparations going? Yeah I think it's going well hopefully we'll be ready and raring to go we start in Leeds and then we have a couple of venues before we head into Southwark for a longer run and then we have uh, more venues following that ending in Bristol in the Redgrave Theatre we're talking obviously about the Canterville Ghost which you guys are celebrating as your 25th anniversary with Tall Stories so let's Mm -hmm. go back 25 years then because Olivia you are one of the co-founders of Tall Stories tell me a little bit about the origins of the company and how you managed to get it up on its feet as Tall Stories is today? Well, I guess Tall Stories began when uh, Toby Mitchell and I, I think we met in the box office of Soho Theatre and found that we had like-minded thoughts about storytelling and visual storytelling. And we decided to team up and take a show up to the Edinburgh Festival. We took two productions. We took Alice and Mr. Dodgson, which was a look at the relationship between Alice Liddell and Charles Dodgson, uh, which is Lewis Carroll. And we also took some of the Oscar Wilde fairy stories, The Happy Prince, and other stories Uh, and they were stories that we loved and we took them up to the Edinburgh Festival and actually the reviews all said how lovely to see productions that are for family audiences that are not patronising and are uh, carried out with the same kind of production values as you'd expect on a grown-up show and I think Toby and I were surprised by that and wondered if that really didn't exist and 25 years ago I think it really didn't there were very few plays and productions that were aimed at a family audience so whilst we didn't set out to be a company that specialised in family productions we found there was a bit of a gap in the market and there are so many beautiful stories for families and for children that we thought we might explore that further and that's really where we came from and so we never intended to be a family theatre company and in fact the company really aims to tell stories not necessarily to tell children's or family stories and aims to tell them as uh, well as we can in interesting and unusual ways and over the many many years I think 30 productions later we've toured all over the world every continent except Antarctica I reckon right yeah (laughs) which is (laughs) unlikely yeah all over the world from schools rural touring community centres to Broadway Sydney Opera House the West End Um, So the company has grown over the years and uh, 
we're very proud of it. Yeah. And obviously, there were a couple of things that you were just saying now. So you started 25 years ago and you took two shows up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. When I was younger, created a theatre company. And the first thing that we did with it was take it up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and had a lovely summer. That was in 2015. And then <laughs> you were just saying there about some Oscar Wilde tales, which you are coming back with this year with the Canterville Ghost. You spoke there about The Happy Prince. I just did an adaptation of The Happy Prince in July this year at Imagine Watford, which was an amazing one with puppetry. And it was just a 25 minute family feel good show. So yeah, there was a couple of similarities there that I just thought I would uh, pick out. What is it about Oscar Wilde that has brought you back now 25 years to now present this story on tour? I think that the Oscar Wilde fairy stories are absolutely beautiful. I mean, they are an exquisite way to break your heart. The language is beautiful. The stories are heart-wrenching. They have a lot of soul, but they also have a lot of humour. And I think that's what drew me to those stories originally. Now, 25 years later, we're looking at one of his short stories, not again, not intended for such a young audience as The Happy Prince, perhaps. But The Canterville Ghost has that same beautiful language, a great deal of heart, a great deal of comedy. And it's a bit of a gift to be able to explore in a rehearsal room and we've actually tied it together with another story so there are two stories that run simultaneously in our production yeah that's amazing and so from the past 25 years that tall stories has been established what are some of the experiences that have really stuck with you over the past 25 years with the company? Oh my goodness. I mean, so many. I don't really know where to start. I loved walking to work at Sydney Opera House, walking oh. you know, across the quay, just feeling like I was on top of the world. I love the first time that we got a show on Broadway. Yeah. But I also love, this sounds like a very strange thing to do, but after a, a show, wherever we are, whether we're in a rural community centre, a school, I like to try to stand somewhere near the exit just listen to what people are saying just to get a sense for how our audience are feeling as they leave the premises and what I love the best is hearing often parents and often dads saying that was really good wasn't it as if they're surprised <laughs> that anything that might be for family audience could possibly yeah. be entertaining enlightening funny uh, heart-wrenching so I love listening to our audiences I mean that's sort of why we do this and so all the heartache of rehearsals and all the stress and all the rush and all the once you get to feel an audience who are properly moved by something in some way whether it be through laughter or through something that made them recollect something of their own experience I think it's the moment that you move an audience I think yeah. that really really helps and I guess when you try to go to cities or towns that maybe theatre isn't always as big or you know entertainment at least and you've got these young kids where your productions may be the first piece of theatre that they've ever seen it really does spark the imagination especially for younger audiences so it must be so nice to be a part of something where children are seeing theatre for the very first time. Oh, I absolutely hope so. I mean, yeah. I hope that we can not only spark the imagination of young audiences, but also reignite the spirit of adventure and spirit of play in grown-ups. I think we forget sometimes as adults how much we like to be told a story, like how wonderful it is to hear a good story told well. Um, so I hope that we can inspire grown-ups as well as children. Yeah, let's move back now over to the Canterville Ghost, which again is heading on a UK tour before then heading to the Southwark Playhouse. So I know that we spoke a little bit about you bringing it for its 25th year here with Tour Stories. Why is this production for you the celebratory moment of Tour Stories? Well, I think for lots of reasons. I think it's really nice that in our 25th year, there's a nice reflective feeling about um, telling a story from Oscar Wilde, which is one of the stories we told in our very first year. So there's a nice sort 
sort of reflection there. But also I'm really interested in how the past influences the future. And especially with what we've been through in the last few years, it's been a time where perhaps things aren't as they should be. And in both the Canterville Ghost story and in the story uh, that we've combined it with, Things are not as they should be and stories need to be retold. And I think that's kind of a timely place for uh, retelling our stories. The story of the Canterville Ghost is told in our production by four music hall performers, an illusionist, a psychic, a comedian and ventriloquist, and a Leon comique, like a compere a chairman. They tell the story of the Canterville Ghost interspersed with their own acts. So in this show, you get to see an illusionist act, psychic reading, ventriloquism, comedy, singing, plus an amazing story told by those four performers. And I think in our 25th year to be telling a story that's so jam-packed with so much is a really lovely way to hopefully treat our audiences to a really fun and really beautiful night out. Yeah, and I know that we've kind of just touched upon my next question, but I was going to ask what audiences can expect from this production of The Canterville Ghost. Is there anything else that you can tease us with or tease potential audience members coming to watch the production wherever they are in the UK? Well, live music, amazing illusions. We're working with uh, Scott Penrose, who has worked with us on some really fantastic illusions. Ventriloquism, psychic reading, great story, lots and lots of laughs. I mean, what's not to like? But also, I think a really good story that leaves you with quite a lot to think about and hopefully can touch your very soul. Yeah. What you were just saying earlier on about listening to audiences post-show and getting reactions and stuff like that. Has there ever been in any production over the past 25 years a piece of feedback from a parent or a child that has really stuck with you over the past 25 years and makes you go, yes, this is why I'm still working with this company making this theatre. I mean, there's always feedback from our audiences that we then feed into the show. So with our devising process, because all of our shows are created in rehearsals, we spend maybe three, four, five weeks creating the show. And then we would do a preview week. Audiences feed back to us from that week. And then we go back into rehearsal and we might rework the show depending on how the audiences took it or what they liked, what they didn't like. The audience feedback is always forming part of our productions. But I suppose I was a little bit bowled over in America when we performed The Gruffalo on Broadway. And then many years later, we went back, we were asked to go back and remount the show with a new company. And after the opening performance, I met a woman who was in the audience watching the show. And she said she had seen the show when she was a child and had come back with her daughter because she felt that she wanted her daughter to be inspired as she was when she saw the original show. And that's always stuck with me. That really made me feel like what an amazing thing for an audience member to say and that's the original show that you presented all those years back yeah that's incredible that is really it's incredible but it also made me feel really old (laughs) (laughs) that's the only downside yeah (laughs) what a lovely lovely moment going through the generations of bringing people back to the exact remounted production absolutely phenomenal so olivia thank you so much we've been talking about the canterville ghost which is going on its uk tour and is heading to places like leeds and bristol and the southwark playhouse in london Olivia, I want to jump back again to tour stories. So for younger listeners out there who might want to go down the path of creating theatre or, you know, setting up a theatre company and wanting to tour, what advice would you potentially have for them if they are listening to this episode? I would say just follow your heart. If you've got a story and you feel it needs to be told, 
then do it. Don't be put off by Arts Council applications or process or administration. If you've got a story to tell, then find the way to tell it and fo follow your heart. Go and see theatre, go and be ex experience different types of work and then follow your passion. Tall Stories is actually one of the only companies I know of its kind. So the company is a, is a registered charity, but is not Arts Council funded. So the company is only ever going to be as financially viable as its last show. So yeah. we have to make our shows good. We have to make sure audiences come to see them. And that money then is ploughed back into the company to allow us to do smaller scale work or to do uh, free touring work or accessible work. So we're quite an unusual company in being a charity, but being non-funded. There's not many companies like it. No, that's wonderful. That's absolutely amazing. Well, Olivia, we are going to move over to our final question now. And it is the title of this podcast, and that is The Stagey Place. And what I love to ask about my guests, this is like the USP of this podcast, is finding out their stagey place. So, Olivia, like you just said, you've travelled around the whole world bringing tour stories to all these different continents apart from Antarctica. And you must have visited so many incredible, wonderful places. And what I want to ask is whereabouts your stagey places. So obviously this could be the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where you first took your shows as part of Tall Stories. It could be the Sydney Opera House, walking across the keys and seeing this incredible venue. It could be in Broadway, where you've taken the Gruffalo. I'm sure the options are endless for you, Olivia. But I'm so excited to find out whereabouts is your stagey place. It's a really good question. And a lot of those places that you've mentioned hold quite a special place in my heart. But several years ago, Tall Stories determined that we would like to create a home for the company and have our own space, have a rehearsal space. And I think we achieved that just recently and now have our own purpose-built, really beautiful uh, studio theatre and rehearsal room on the Holloway Road, just near Highbury and Islington. I feel most at home, my stagey place is in the rehearsal room and particularly in that rehearsal room that we worked so hard for so many years to build. I'm incredibly proud of it. So I would say the rehearsal room and particularly that rehearsal. And when you were saying earlier on about the fact that you probably have about three, four, five weeks and you work everything within a rehearsal room and it all comes out from the work that you create it must be the most special moments of a production the very start of it yes absolutely the moment when you're your first day in the room when you're trying to figure out how everybody works and how best to go forward with this collaboration with this particular group of people because it will work differently with a different group of people in the room and then the last day where you pack up the van and you're setting off onto your tour, what's happened in between is pretty magical. So yeah, the rehearsal room is probably the place that I feel most at home. That is a wonderful answer to a wonderful question. Olivia, thank you so much for coming on to the stage place. I'm thank hopefully going to be coming to watch The Canterfield Ghost when it's at the Southwark Playhouse. So I'm very excited to come and watch the production, especially after how you've teased it today with all those amazing, amazing moments that audiences can look forward to. Olivia, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And there we go. That was my interview with Olivia Jacobs, the co-founder of Tall Productions, who are bringing the Canterville Ghost to the Southwark Playhouse from the 11th of October to the 5th of November. I'd love to thank Olivia so much for taking her time out of rehearsals to be interviewed by me here on The Stagey Place. I'm very excited to see the production at the Southwark Playhouse and cannot wait to find out more when I arrive at the theatre. If this is the first time that you've heard my voice and listened to The Stagey Place, then welcome. You can find us on social media on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok 
at The Stagey Place, where recently we have been releasing some vlogs from our time visiting theatre all around the country, including Mrs Doubtfire at the Manchester Opera House, The Book Thief at the Optagon Theatre in Bolton, plus Fisherman's Friends at the Everyman Theatre in Cheltenham. We'll be releasing a lot more vlogs over the next coming months, so if you do enjoy them, please do head over to our Instagram to find them on our Reels section. And that's all from me for today's episode here on The Stagey Place. So until next time, I hope you're keeping safe and you're staying stagey. Goodbye.